You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, Mission Ridge. It is Sunday, March 15th, and uh, we have, uh, like a number of churches, have canceled services today. The coronavirus is presenting dynamic challenges uh, really across our nation, across the world. This week, we saw the NBA cancel their season for the foreseeable future. The NCAA March Madness, the men's and women's tournaments have been canceled, uh, along with uh, uh, spring sports for for colleges. Uh, We saw the high school uh, shut down their sports this weekend. And then a lot of the local civic events have been shut down. And so uh, we're taking advantage of social distancing. We're doing our best to uh, slow the spread of this virus. And we want to protect our most vulnerable. We will still be the church, even if we don't gather in one place. We will do our best to stay connected. Logan and I and probably our elders will be reaching out to you on a regular basis to stay in contact with you. We are looking to stream our services by next Sunday. In other words, uh, today we're doing this via podcast, but by next Sunday, we won't have live video of both our worship and our sermon. And then we will be providing a Zoom capability for our care groups so that uh, you could continue to engage in care groups, uh, continue to engage in the conversations about the, the sermon and the things that we're wrestling with as a community. But from the comfort of your own home, you'll be able to use an app on your phone or, or just use a link on your uh, computer, your laptop, whatever device you have that has a camera. Um, <clears throat> but we'll provide that capability. And then we will find ways to take care of our most vulnerable within our church and within our our community. And so if you find yourself at with a need that uh, you believe the church can help meet, uh, please let us know. Uh, if you see a need within your community, your neighbors, whatever, uh, let us know and we will see what we could do to meet that need. But as a church, we will continue to love on each other. You know, historically, the church has stepped up in in times like this. I think about how uh, Christianity really started to flourish uh, in the first few hundred years when when the plague hit Rome and the Christians stepped in and loved on their neighbors and, and and the people saw how well the church loved on them. And so we need to continue that as as a church. And then as a nation, we have faced challenges and we have, uh, we've done things that we've needed to do in the past to uh, come together as a community and face large challenges, I think, in terms of World War II and the role that women played within manufacturing and, and just the way uh, we dealt with all the challenges that went into making sure that we could fight that war. And so uh, we could do this again as a nation. I think we will... Uh, thrive like we have in the past. Well, we're in the third week of our Lent series, 
And uh, Logan and I are starting to hear some of your stories of you seeing God at work and you joining him. Uh, we were really encouraged to hear uh, from Mike this week. Mike was flying home from a conference and a uh, lady next to him, she slept through most of the flight, but towards the end of the flight, she noticed the book that Mike was reading and and that started a conversation. And from the time the plane started to descent, Mark, uh, Mike heard part of her faith story. And like many of us, her story has, has a lot of pain. Mike invited her and her family to the church. He shared service times. He talked about rich kids. Uh, and he also talked about his care group. Um, he talked about the ground rules that keep our group safe because this, this lady had some experiences within uh, some church experiences that were, were harmful and hurtful, and it's made her reluctant to re-engage with the church. And so he shared his experience with care group and, and how he's seen people come to the group and, and uh, learn about their faith and, and found a, an easy entry point into our community. And so once the plane landed, uh, she introduced Mike uh, to her husband, and Mike was able to introduce the both of them to, to Logan, which happens to lead that care group. So uh, just a simple way of, of joining God and what he's doing. Mike shared this with me. He said, I have been praying for God to bring others across my path so that I don't get stuck on those I'm already praying for, including those I'm praying for who may not be ready to receive the message of our faith. I ask him to bring me others who may be ready to hear and receive. I believe these two people were ready to hear. I pray something comes of this connection. And I just, I love Mike's heart. There's some people that, that uh, he will continue to stand in the gap for, that he'll continue to pursue and pray for, but he's waiting for them to be ready for that conversation. And he's looking for signs to, to see that, that God is working in their life and, and that they're ready to, to hear from him. But in the meantime, he's also asking God to bring him people that maybe he hasn't even met yet, but, but God's working in their lives and, and he wants to be able to join God in what he's doing there. So I love, I love Mike's prayer there and his heart for people. Steve also shared some of his stories with me. Uh, Steve spends a few hours a day walking and he's got this cute little dog named Pearl. And because of the dog, uh, Steve ends up having conversation after conversation after conversation. It's like, it's like the you know a man taking a baby into, into the stores becomes a conversation magnet, even if it's not his baby. And so this week, uh, Steve met Jesse, and he found out that Jesse's a Christian, and and they they've already talked about sitting down and reading their Bibles together. And then Steve also met a gal named Jackie recently and found out that her congregation has lost their place of worship. And so Steve is just looking for a way to help help this lady. And he came to me with some questions about how we started doing services here and and what that was like because uh, he wants to help this uh, this gal from this other church find a way for them to continue to have services. So I just love Steve's heart in that and, and the conversations he's having. He's excited to see God work through him and, and uh, you know, experiencing God in that way has been really, really exciting for Steve. 
Well, we started this series two weeks ago, and we started by talking about the fact that God, Jesus says God is always at work. Jesus said these things. The Father has been working right up until now. He said, now the Father has me working. And Jesus said, I do nothing on my own initiative. I want to see what the Father is doing. I do what I see the Father doing. The Father loves me, and he shows me everything that he is doing. And we are invited into that when we become his disciples, where we could see the Father working and, and we could join him in what he's doing. And we could experience his love through that. And so Jesus says that God is always at work. I know that many of you in, in, your, in our conversations, you've expressed that you desire to see your friends to connect with God and and you desire to see things change in your family, and you desire to see our community improve. And, and I believe that tuning our eyes to see God at work is key. This is the start to experiencing God. And then last week, I talked about the fact that God pursues you for a relationship, and, and not just you, but, the peop- but other people through you. God first pursued Moses, and then through Moses, God pursued the people of Israel. We have seen God start every relationship that we see in the Bible. I don't know of a single relationship where God doesn't actually start the relationship. We looked at Noah and Abram and Isaac and Jacob and Moses, and over and over and over again, God pursued these men, and he's pursuing you and me. We talked last week also that John, the apostle, was enamored by God's agape love. The God that spoke the universe into existence. The God that when you come face to face with him in all his glory, over and over in the narrative, we see people fall down as if they're dead because of God's glory. And yet God touches them and says, don't be afraid because he pursues you for a relationship. And John starts the conversation about love and talking about God's love for man, but man's love for darkness. And, and if we don't pursue that love of God, if we try to dally with a little bit of darkness, if we just hang out a little bit onto that love for darkness, pretty soon that becomes the thing that consumes us. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, this week, we will look at God's invitation for you to join him. It's not just that God wants you to know about him, to know of him. He wants you to join him in what he's doing. And the invitation for you and I starts in Matthew 4, 19. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And as a church, this is where we get our definition of a disciple. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus, who's changed by Jesus, and who's on mission with Jesus. And, and in that definition, written into that definition, is this thought of that we are going to experience God, we're going to experience Jesus in the midst of that. Jesus led, and the disciples followed. You never see a story where 
where a disciple has this plan and Jesus has to get on board with the disciple. It's always the other way. Jesus always leads and the disciples always followed. And for you and I, this got to be the case today. We have to ask Jesus, what do you want to do? What kind of work do you want to do? And that's actually something that we do regularly as a staff when we consider uh, the things that we're going to do as a church. And then Jesus transformed his disciples. I think of, of Matthew, or not, I'm sorry, not Matthew, Peter in Matthew coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, should I forgive up to seven times? And Jesus says, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And so Peter had this view, this concept of what it meant to, to be a disciple, that he had to be able to forgive but Jesus says, I want to expand. I want to transform your view, your understanding. I want to transform your heart to where you can forgive beyond what you think is capable. He performs that same work today in you and me. And the things that we see that get in the way of, of our discipleship, the things that we see that get in the way of us helping other people connect with God in a way that we uh, experience shame and fear frustration over uh, just our tendency to pursue things that are dark and destructive in our relationships, in our lives. Jesus looks to change you. And then Jesus received his mission from the Father, and the disciples received their mission from Jesus, and that is still the case today for us at Mission Ridge. Now, Jesus was clear, though, that discipleship is not easily entered into. Like, we have to consider the cost. We have to know that, that uh, <clears throat> again, we're following Jesus. We have to get on board with him. We have to be on mission with him and not the other way around. In Luke 9, 57 through 62, we find these words. As they were going along the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, yeah, you can follow me, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. And to another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their de own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another man said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So Jesus is having a conversation with, with three different men and and Matthew captures this story. I'm sorry, Luke captures this story. And first says, I will follow you. But Jesus said, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, discipleship's going to cost you. If nothing else, it's going to cost you your, your comfort. Secondly, a man comes to him and Jesus says, follow me. But the man says, well, let me first go and and bury my father. Well, we don't understand uh, from a cultural reference when we read this, 
is that this man is actually asking for up to one year. He's asking for up to one year hiatus because the, the eldest son had the responsibility to revisit the grave after a year to perform some additional duties uh, with the corpse of his father. And so Jesus is saying, the time is now. You, you can't wait. So discipleship has a cost that when it comes to time, we have to be timely in pursuing God and, and jumping in on the things that he has for us. And then the third person said, I will follow you, but let me see. Let me first say farewell. But Jesus says that discipleship may impact your family, may impact your relationships. In fact, when Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God, he is connecting this conversation to a story found in 1 Kings. It's actually uh, the first recorded transaction between a disciple maker and a disciple which is Elijah and Elisha. And so in 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21, we find these words. So he, Elijah, departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen in front of him. And, when, and he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me kiss my father, my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? And returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled the flesh with the yoke of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. And so, the concept of discipleship comes out of this story and the concept of discipleship for the Jews comes out of this relationship between Elijah and Elisha and this calling of Elisha. And when Elisha goes back and, and uh, sacrifices the oxen and, and uses the yoke for the fire and he throws this feast, he's giving up his family business. He's giving up his financial security. He's saying, I'm not coming back to this. He was a wealthy man to have 12 sets of oxen to plow the fields. Like That was unheard of in that time. And so he's given up his financial security. And then Elijah would spend all of his time with Elijah. All of his time. Like, he didn't just give a little bit of time to this discipleship process. He gave all of his time and attention to this. And Elisha is saying farewell to his community when he, when he throws this makeshift barbecue. I bet that was uh, one heck of a barbecue. I wish I was there. Starting to get hungry myself right now. But their relationships would never be the same. But the benefit both to Elisha and his community were enormous. Elisha experienced God in fantastic ways, in ways that he had never experienced him before. 
as he grew in his discipleship and as he continued to serve. In fact, he served as a prophet for 60 years. He brought healing to countless people. He saw miracle after miracle after miracle. God worked through Elisha. And then Elisha brought victory for the people of Israel against their enemies over and over and over again. In fact, Elisha received a double blessing and, and said that he, he performed twice as many miracles as Elijah. And it reminds me of a story that I experienced a few years back when I was still in Pulse Falls, Idaho. There was a man and his wife that uh, started attending the real-life uh, Coeur d'Alene Campus Church. And they were living in a tent, which through the summer was kind of like camping. They were at a campground, no big deal. But it was starting to get cold. And so my wife and I felt that it was important that we help this young couple out. And... Uh, we invited them to use our RV. And so they lived in our RV for a season. Uh, they joined our, our care group. Uh, we, we did life with this couple. Uh, There's a family that helped them out with, with a car and loaned them, them a car. And so they had transportation. They had, uh, they had shelter. And they were in our care group. They were going spiritually they're joining us for Sunday services. They're celebrating God together with us. But one day, I get a phone call. Actually, uh, Keith received a phone call, and Keith came looking for me. His wife had been in an accident. She was driving the car. It was a little car. Uh, they were on a back road, and uh, she got T-boned by a dump truck. And I have no idea why they gave this detail to Keith, but they said it was a dump truck full of rock. In other words, it wasn't just a dump truck. Sucker was heavy. And uh, she was T-boned by this dump truck, and she's in a tiny car. She, shouldn't have, she should not have survived, but she did. And so our, our care group looked for ways to love on this couple. And so we, we visited the couple and uh, our care group would provide a care group at the hospital, in the hospital room with them. So I think we were meeting on Tuesday nights and while most of our care group was at our, at our home uh, doing care group, we would send a contingent because you couldn't get everybody into the hospital room, but we'd provide care group in two places on that night. And then there was a one of the gals from our care group, she was moving out of her apartment. And she was moving out two months early. And so she knew she still had to pay the rent for those two months, but she she gave up that apartment to this couple and they had two months free rent. And as a care group, we found furniture for them. So we furnished we furnished the apartment and Regina left the hospital and went right into her new home. The family was amazed. Well, 
There's also connection. Uh, this story is connected to my story with Walt because I was there to see Regina the night that she uh, uh, was in the accident. And that's when I found out my friend Walt uh, was in the hospital. And so there's connections to that story too. This was a brand new care group. We had only been meeting for a couple weeks when all this started to take place. And yet over and over and over again, our care group stepped up. Every time we saw God at work, we jumped in and we joined in. And it, it cost us. Sometimes it costs us money. Sometimes it costs us comfort. Sometimes it costs us time. Our relationships were different because of what we were doing. But we also, as a group, benefited. We went deep as a care group in a short time. And we got to experience God. And then there was the ripple effect, the relationships that were changed. And Walt got invited into that care group and was loved on by that care group until the end of his life. And so the implication is this. God invites you to join him in his work. And the question is, are you willing to pay the cost? If it costs you money, if it costs you comfort, if it impacts your schedule, if it changes your relationship, are you going to trust that God's going to do something good in the midst of that? And are you going to join him in his work? With the coronavirus, like this has changed our schedule. It's changed your schedule. It's changed our schedule. I'm preaching in an empty room. Well, there's, there's three of us. We're three or more gathered. It, it Honestly, it reminds me of that scene, one of the first scenes in the uh, Left Behind movie. I, you know, where the pastor's like reminiscing with the things that, that uh, you know, he didn't get right. Um, it just kind of reminds if it has that similar feel, but I still believe that God's at work here, and I believe we get to join him. And I don't know what ministry is going to look like for you and for me this coming week, but I'm excited to experience God in the midst of it. While the rest of the world is trying to figure out what to do with 10,000 rolls of toilet paper, I say we figure out how we could love on our neighbor. I say we tune our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see, hear, and understand what God is doing in and around us. That we see the needs. That we let it impact our, our finances, our time, our relationships. And we'll experience God. Because the call of action is still this. We are called to follow Jesus. We are called to be changed by Jesus but not just those two things. Because if we stop there, we, we fall short. We are called to be on mission with Jesus. So my friends, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I know that this, uh, this is uh, a hectic time. Uh, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of questions that people are wrestling with. Uh, we wonder if the store is going to have anything left when we, when we go to visit. 
But I also believe that God is still God, that God's people will continue to be God's people, and that we'll get to experience him in the midst of this. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I trust you. Your church has moved forward for 2,000 years through love and sacrifice, by trusting your spirit, by going where you lead, by joining you in what you're doing. And so, Lord, at Mission Ridge, we want, we want to do the same. We want to experience you, the living God. We want to see you change our, our homes, our families. We want to see you change our hearts. We want to see you at work in our community. And, Lord, this is a scary time for our nation. We don't know how long this will last. We don't know how long we'll go without meeting together as a congregation in a single place. But whatever the case, we trust that you are God and that you're leading us through this. And so we reach out to you. We are here to worship you and celebrate you as God Almighty. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You guys have a great week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side.